Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Falato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nick Falato, and the Giants are coming off of a Week 9 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders, 23-16 at MetLife Stadium. A good win. Raiders were coming off of a bye. Giants had a short week. They played on Monday Night Football. The Raiders are dealing with a lot of... I guess you could say high emotions after the Henry Ruggs situation, which is a tragic situation. Henry Ruggs is obviously no longer with the team, but that obviously alters the locker room and the scheme of what Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, wants to do against this New York Giants defense that is playing like the 2020 unit that we all came to love and respect. Patrick Graham and this unit, yes, they allowed 400 yards. They bent and they bent and they bent, but they did not break in this game. They came up with three turnovers, a pick six by Xavier McKinney, another excellent interception by Xavier McKinney on Derek Carr, one of the better NFL quarterbacks in this 2021 season, and then a Quincy Roche sack fumble to end the game. I can't wait to get into the All-22 film here to break this down. I'm sure myself, Chris, and Joe are going to break this down extensively on the Chris and Joe show on this podcast network, so please go over there and check that out whenever it drops. But the Giants getting this victory, it's a very, very important victory. It's one that the Giants need if they're going to try and make a push for that seventh wildcard seed, which seems just unreal given the state of the Giants to the 2021 season. It's been an abysmal year, marred by by games the Giants lost in close fashion, but in an embarrassing way, games that they could have won. You think back to the Atlanta Falcons game, the Washington football team on Thursday night football. You think back to Monday night football against Kansas City. That was a close loss, but the Giants are three and six and the Falcons are four and four in that seventh wildcard spot right now. That's the current state of the NFC. It's not a great conference and there's going to be some questionable teams that possibly make the playoffs. Let's see if the New York Giants can make a late season push winning and then heading into the bye is a good start to that this 23 to 16 victory and you know what it was on the back of their rushing attack there's no Saquon Barkley he possibly could have returned to action for this week with the ankle injury that he has but since the whole COVID situation he tested positive and then he tested negative he was never in the building he never got his treatment and he never practiced with the team so he ultimately sat out now he can be ready to roll once the Giants come out of the bye week and square up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, I do believe, as well. So in this game, though, Devontae Booker, 21 carries, 99 yards, had more than that, and then had a three-yard loss. I think he went north of that 100-yard mark, and then his last play was a three-yard loss where he hurt his hip, and we saw a lot more Elijah Penny, who averaged seven yards per rush, five carries for 35 yards, and looked pretty solid. Giants didn't do much through the air. Daniel Jones was 15 of 20 for 110 yards and a touchdown outside of that first drive, which was an impressive seven-play, 75-yard drive capped off by a 30-yard touchdown pass from Daniel Jones to Evan Ingram. Giants couldn't do much through the air. It was a lot of field goal kicking, which is something that we've seen a lot from this Jason Garrett offense. They aren't that great in the red zone. They settle for a lot of three points, three points, three points. Trust your defense, trust your defense. And throughout most of this season, that defense didn't uphold their end of the bargain. Now that the Giants are really, Giants offense is really doing that either because you're settling for so many field goals but in this game when they bent and they didn't break and they forced two interceptions and they forced a fumble that is enough that is enough opportunity right there that is your defense being opportunistic and taking advantage of the Raiders offensive line taking advantage of the fact that your secondary is playing with a lot of confidence a lot of cohesiveness they're communicating well and they're not letting players like Darren Waller absolutely destroy them and the Giants got a little lucky on an overthrow 
hook by Derek Carr that ended up leading to a field goal. Darren Waller still had a pretty good game, seven catches for 92 yards, but ultimately the Giants defenders were on top of the Las Vegas Raiders and their passing attack, shutting them down in key moments, leading to the Giants winning this football game, which is an excellent thing for the New York football Giants, as we said. But let's move on, briefly go over every other game. So we had an overtime game, Minnesota Vikings. I believe this is their third overtime game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens. The Vikings led this game 24-10, to right at a halftime. So at halftime, it was 17-10, and then the opening kickoff was returned for a touchdown by Kenny Ngawu, a 98-yard kickoff return, which was an excellent play by this kid. He was also used a little bit later on a fake punt that was successful by the Minnesota Vikings as well. And this is just another disappointing loss by the Vikings. I feel like they've had plenty of these throughout this season, and not because the Baltimore Ravens are a beatable team at home. It's because the Vikings had them in a position to win, but, but Lamar Jackson, as Lamar Jackson does, ends up leading his team back into this game, which is something the Ravens have done several times, a lot of come-from-behind victories this year, to win this football game. And Lamar finished with two interceptions in this game, but he also had three touchdowns, 266 yards, had 120 yards on the ground, 21 carries. I mean, there is no Latavius Murray in this game. We know all the injuries that happened to this running back room for Baltimore, but they were able to get it done with Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman, both of whom had touchdowns. Freeman came from the air. Le'Veon Bell had one on the ground. So, it's a very difficult team to defend the Baltimore Ravens, and now they are 6-2. and two. The Vikings put themselves, like I said, in this position to win. Kirk Cousins found Justin Jefferson deep for a 50-yard touchdown in the first, the end of the first quarter of this game. Dalvin Cook was cooking all game, 17 carries for 110 yards, but there was just too much of the offense stalling and punting the football in this specific game, especially in the late second quarter, third quarter, and then into the early fourth quarter with the Vikings offense couldn't put enough together, and now they sit at three and five. And then we had the Houston Texans fall into one and eight, the Miami Dolphins going to two and seven, the battle of the one and seven teams. I believe I heard on NFL Network that this was the second battle of one and seven teams to ever occur in NFL history, which is kind of wild to think about, but not a lot of teams end up being 1-7, let alone facing each other this late in this season. But in this game, the Houston Texans had Tyrod Taylor back. He played terribly. He had 240 yards passing, three interceptions, threw an interception on the opening drive of the Houston Texans when the Texans were really pressing into Miami Dolphins territory. And the Miami Dolphins didn't have Tua Tagovailoa. They went with Jacoby Brissett, who didn't look much better. He had two interceptions as well, but he did throw a touchdown pass to Mac Collins on a quick slant near the end of the first half to give the Miami Dolphins what they needed to win this football game because the Houston Texans weren't going to do a lot against this Miami Dolphins defense that hasn't necessarily been all that great this year, despite the fact that they were really solid last season. But in this game for Miami, Jalen Waddell had 10 targets, 8 for 83. Mike Kosicki, 8 targets, 4 for 54. And then Miles Gaskin had six targets for 23 yards, caught all six as well. And that's kind of the majority of the Jacoby Brissett passes went in that direction. He also had players like Durham Smythe have two targets. Kirk Merritt had three targets. Albert Wilson had two targets. As for Houston, Brandon Cooks just getting peppered with targets, had 13. Caught six of them for 56 yards. Didn't really do all that much. It's just the Houston Texans are just not a great football team right now. With Jacksonville winning their game, it looks like the Houston Texans may be locked in at this point. And it's a little bit too early to say this, but they're the team who was going to be favored to have that number one overall pick. Now, is there going to be a quarterback that really rises above the rest with the rest of college football? That remains to be seen. But moving on to the Patriots 
and the Carolina Panthers. The Patriots went into Carolina and defeated them 24-6. to Now, Sam Darnold was just terrible in this game. 172 yards passing, three interceptions, no touchdowns. All three of his interceptions were really, really bad. He threw a pick six in the beginning of the second half when the game was a one-score game. It was 14-6. to He threw a pick six, just overthrew his intended target, went right to J.C. Jackson, who ran it for 88 yards to the house for a touchdown. And then he had two more interceptions on the next two drives. So he had three consecutive drives with interceptions before turning the ball over on downs at the end of the game. The New England Patriots won this game 24-6. Early on, man, the Panthers' defense was really getting after Mac Jones calls a turnover, getting after him, harassing him, sacking him, doing all of those things for Bill Snow's aggressive defense, but that kind of died out towards the end of the game. Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries for 52 yards, wasn't as involved as normal coming off the hamstring injury, but he did have five targets, caught four of them for 54 yards. Chubba Hubbard only had three carries. He also had a 33-yard catch, but the Panthers' offense are it's just one of the worst offenses in the league right now. And Sam Darnold's getting yelled at by Robbie Anderson as they come off the field. Robbie Anderson just drops everything thrown in his direction. I don't know if he had any drops in this game, but it's been really bad all season. He had three targets, called one of them for two yards. It's just a terrible situation for a team that started off 3-0 and and now they sit at 4-5 and as the New England Patriots. If the season were to end today, would be in the wild card. They sit at 5-4, and winning this game. And the Patriots, I mean, you got to give it to them because they have three wins in a row. One was against the Jets, but then they beat the Chargers and the Panthers on the road. Those are impressive wins, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. So tip your cap to Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the rest of the crew for the New England Patriots. And before we move on to the rest of the games, take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. There were several huge upsets in week nine. So we had the Cleveland Browns going into Cincinnati and beating up on the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 16. We had the Denver Broncos going into Dallas and defeating the Cowboys 30 to 16 with Dak Prescott. Remember last week they upset, or I don't even want to say upset, but they beat the Minnesota Vikings with Cooper Rush in pretty commanding fashion. Well, this week they have Dak Prescott and the Denver Broncos beat them 30 to 16. Great rushing attack all game by Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon the third. We had Buffalo lose to Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Nine to six. Nine to six. Josh Allen put up six points. And then the other Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen, 2019 seventh overall pick Josh Allen, not 2018 seventh overall pick Josh Allen, ends up sacking Josh Allen, intercepting Josh Allen, and recovering a Josh Allen fumble. So that was just a phenomenal game by defensive Josh Allen. Almost New York Giant Josh Allen, defensive captain, young up-and-coming edge rusher Josh Allen, and potential MVP Josh Allen laid an absolute dud here, throwing for 264 yards and turning the football over three times by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just absolutely surprised Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. A lot of people felt like the Bills were the best team in the National Football League. I would probably say, yeah, that definitely made sense. And then they run into the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and they lose. That's just an absolutely insane situation down there. But that's the NFL. When you think there's no parity and you think the best teams always rise to the top, there are upsets. And there were plenty of them here in week nine. We also had the Atlanta Falcons pulling off an upset against the New Orleans Saints. Now, I don't think this one's as much of an upset. It was a 27 to 25 victory, but the Saints 
started Trevor Simeon. Now, what I'll say about Trevor Simeon is because I paid attention to this game. Yes, the Saints end up losing this game, and that's terrible for them. Atlanta, young Hui Koo kicks a field goal at the end of the game to propel them to victory. But Trevor Simeon, in the first half, I watched him put dimes. Or, you know, I'll say, I watched him put like nine sets. I'll, I'll give him that. On a lot of his receivers who were just dropping all of the passes. We're just dropping them. And I was like, dude, this is unfortunate for the kid. He was 25 of 41 for 249 yards. No interceptions. Seemed like he was being... Uh, pretty careful with the football, but wasn't being uber conservative and just checking down all the time. He threw two touchdown passes, one to Kenny Stills, one to Marquez Callaway, and I saw so many drop passes. That's just unfortunate for Trevor Simeon, who I'm not sure if he's going to start next week with Taysom Hill now fully out of the concussion protocol. He was available in this game. Taysom Hill was used in this game as a running back at the quarterback position. He threw a couple passes. We know how Sean Payton loves to use Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill could now earn this job and with the Saints now at five and three, that could be the course of action. And Simeon, he they might have won this football game if it wasn't for a bunch of Saints early in this game killing drives by dropping easy passes where Simeon just put right into their chest. But credit goes to Cordero Patterson though in this game because it looked like the Saints they trust their defense, but they had a defensive just miscue where they allowed Cordero Patterson to catch a 64-yard pass to set up the Young Way Koo field goal to win this football game by two points. And who knows if the Falcons were going to be able to drive down the field at that time. They, they may have been able to, but it's really difficult in the Superdome to do that against a pretty solid defense in the New Orleans Saints. So wow to the Atlanta Falcons putting themselves into that seventh wildcard spot when we're about halfway through the NFL season. And this is just one of the, I would say, lesser upsets. But those other upsets, man... I mean, what the heck happened with Dallas? Dak Prescott, 19 of 39 for 232 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Ezekiel Elliott kind of banged his knee a little bit, but he was still out there towards the end of the game, was healthy enough to play. He had 10 carries for 51 yards, but Denver was just putting the pressure on Dak. Denver was doing well in coverage, and they were able to control the clock and run the football a lot of this game. Denver possessed the football for 41 minutes in this game. That is insanity. Dallas Cowboys had less than 20 minutes of offense. They had 290 yards of offense. Denver had 407. And this defense looked like Mike Nolan's defense, not Dan Quinn's defense, because they didn't know how to execute a run fit, with Javante Williams just busting off run after run after run. Javante was 17 of 111. No touchdowns. But then Melvin Gordon had a touchdown. He was 21 for 80. So in total, they had 190 yards of rushing because Teddy Bridgewater had a negative one-yard rush. So credit goes to Pat Shermer, man. That's an excellent win on the road to put themselves back into the wild card contention. And they sit at the bottom of their division at five and four. The AFC West is obviously an incredibly stacked division. Dallas Cowboys are sitting comfortably up at the top of the NFC East, but now they have their second loss of the season as they just get upset at home by Teddy Bridgewater, this rushing attack, Vic Fangio, and the Denver Broncos. And to touch on the other upset that we kind of glossed over a little bit, 41-16 to Cleveland Browns, man. Odell Beckham, that whole situation is now gone. He's going to either get claimed or pass through waivers on Tuesday. He'll be on a new home. There's a lot of tension between him and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was pretty on point here, 14-21. of 21. Not huge, 218 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Their leading receiver 
in terms of receptions, had three catches, and that was Jarvis Landry for three catches for 11 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a 60-yard touchdown, though, from Baker Mayfield, which made up most of the production that Baker Mayfield had, but he still managed the game well enough. Didn't have to do all that much because the Bengals didn't really show up. The Browns' defense was all over Joe Burrow, sacked him five times, forced two interceptions, also forced a fumble of Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase fumbled and lost the ball. It's just the Cleveland Browns' defense really showed up in the rushing attack for the Browns also did as well. Dearness Johnson was 8-16. Yeah, but Nick Chubb was 14 for 137. Two touchdowns with a 70-yard touchdown where he really turned the Jets on and you could just see him kind of fly. David Njoku also had a touchdown. He had three targets, caught one for a touchdown for 18 yards. And then Joe Burrow just had a really bad game through a pick six to Denzel Ward in this game early on. It just wasn't Cincinnati's day and boy does the NFL come at you fast, right? Cincinnati was sitting pretty at the top of the AFC North just two weeks ago. They lose to the Jets, they lose to the Browns, and now it's just kind of crumbling. They sit at the bottom of the AFC North. I think I said West before, but you know I mean North. You know what I'm talking about here. 41-16, to what a victory by those Cleveland Browns. Let's move on, though, to the next game we're going to go over here, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers winning on the East Coast against those Philadelphia Eagles, 27-24. to Another field goal as time expires, essentially, by Dustin Hopkins to propel the Justin Herbert-led Chargers to victory here. And this is an important win because now the Chargers are 5-3. and three. Herbert was really good in this game. 32 of 38 for 356 yards, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown as well. They needed to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles who kept themselves in this game. They were doing well rushing the football with Jordan Howard who had 17 carries for 71 yards. Boston Scott had 10 carries for 40 yards. You know Nick Sirianni and his staff heard the fact that fans were complaining about the fact that they did not want to run the football. And they also watched Jalen Hurts throw the football a lot. And they were like, you know what? Let's try to limit Jalen Hurts throwing the football as much as we can if we can establish a rushing attack. And that's what they tried to do here. Hurts was 11 of 17 for 162 yards and a touchdown. He also added 62 yards on the ground. He's a dynamic weapon in terms of what he can do on the ground. And he has a solid arm, but he's not the best passer as of right now. But he did find Devonta Smith for 116 yards, five catches on six targets. Also had a touchdown, Devonta Smith. Dallas Goddard had three catches. Quez Watkins had two. Jalen Rager had one that lost six yards. And that was all the receivers that were utilized for the Philadelphia Eagles. So they weren't really diversifying their targets there. They had a really small pie there. Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard getting the most of it. They had 12 of the total 17 targets that could have been dispersed among the pass catchers of the Philadelphia Eagles. As for the Chargers, Keenan Allen, 13 targets, caught 12 of them for 104 yards. Donald Parham found the end zone. Mike Williams only had two catches, but for 58 yards, one went for 49 yards. So big catch there, but didn't really do much other than that. Saw a lot of Darius Slay in this game from everything I saw. Now the Eagles joined the Giants at 3-6 and six right now. And the Eagles have to travel to Denver to play the Broncos next week. Then they face off against the Saints before traveling to New York to play the Giants and Jets in consecutive weeks. The Green Bay Packers pick up their second loss of the year, falling to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead 13-7. Not exactly a barn burner. Kansas City's offense did not figure much out here. Travis Kelsey had a touchdown, caught five passes for 68 yards. Pat Mahomes was 20 of 37, did not look great in this game either for 166 yards. And that lone touchdown that tried establishing the run with Darrell Williams. Williams was stuffed a bunch of times on the goal line. He had 19 carries for 70 yards, continually being inefficient with the opportunities that he's provided but the story of the game isn't the Chiefs they got the win they haven't looked great they haven't looked great for a while now they need to figure that out Andy Reid Eric the enemy need to get on that but the story of the game was Jordan Love the 
First round pick in 2020 by Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst in this Green Bay Packers front office that really upset Aaron Rodgers. He went out and he had an MVP season in 2020 to be like, hey, I'm still here. And now he returns after being somewhat petulant throughout the regular or throughout the offseason. He returns to the team and he missed this game because of COVID-19. He uh, got put in the protocol. He's unvaccinated. It was a whole mess that everybody uh, talked about and discussed, and it was Jordan Love's time to to rise to the occasion here. It's a tough spot playing at Arrowhead. I feel like that defense is playing better than they have been over the last week, I guess you could say, just kind of going to the New York Giants. I felt like watching their film, they, they definitely didn't have a lot of defensive lapses against the New York Giants, but the New York Giants aren't exactly a potent offense. But Jordan Love finished this game 19-34 for 190 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and watching the film, he did not look great whatsoever. He was missing a lot of guys downfield, couldn't really push the ball vertically all that well, and I feel like he missed an opportunity to be like, hey, this is my team, Aaron Rodgers, you're done after this season. Because Aaron Rodgers, no one knows exactly where he's going to be next year, and the Packers traded up for Jordan Love. You you, you would imagine we would see something or hear something about Jordan Love. Like Patrick Mahomes, when he was a rookie, we heard about Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith was a starter, but we heard, oh, wow, Patrick Mahomes, this kid, wow. I don't hear anything positive about Jordan Love. That's not a great sign, and now we got to see it with our eyes. It was not a great output from the kid in his first start. Yeah, it could be first start jitters, but it just wasn't there, and it was an opportunity that he missed. The Packers couldn't really do anything offensively here. Devontae Adams had 14 targets, caught six of them for 42 yards. Aaron Jones couldn't get anything going on the grounds. 12 carries for 53 yards, wasn't used as a receiver. He had two targets, but didn't catch any of them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling came back from the IR at two catches for 19. Randall Cobb, three catches for 50 yards. One of them was a 35-yard third down reception. That was really, really impressive. Individual effort by Randall Cobb, but this was not a great situation for the Green Bay Packers, and I'm sure a lot of people are hoping that Aaron Rodgers can get cleared for their game against the Seattle Seahawks which may or may not happen because Aaron Rodgers can be cleared on Saturday. Obviously, they play on Sunday, so we'll have to wait and see what exactly happens there. And as for the Kansas City Chiefs, man, they got to figure themselves out too. They're 5-4 and four in a division right now that they can get themselves back into that first place spot with the Las Vegas Raiders losing their game. The Chargers ended up winning, which is difficult for the Chiefs, but they can, they'll have another game against them. They can bounce back, but they just do not look all that great as of right now. And now the final game we'll go over with Sunday Night Football currently going on, and that is the Cardinals putting the beat down on the San Francisco 49ers here. And this could, I don't want to say this is considered an upset because the San Francisco 49ers are 3-5, and five, the Arizona Cardinals are 8-1, and one, and the Cardinals are just objectionably a better football team than the 49ers right now. Even though this was home, the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo back. They had Elijah Mitchell. They get Jeff Wilson back, who wasn't even used in this game. They get George Kittle back. They have Debo Samuel, who looked like he may not play, ends up playing. But then you have the Arizona Cardinals. No DeAndre Hopkins. No Kyler Murray. You have Colt McCoy, who, in Colt McCoy fashion, as Giant fans know, finished this game 22 of 26 for 249 yards and a touchdown. A lot of yards after the catch. A lot of things close to the line of scrimmage. James Conner put the team on his back, man. 21 carries for 96 yards. Two rushing touchdowns. Five catches on five targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. A couple one-handed catches in there. Christian Kirk was really good in this game as well without DeAndre Hopkins. Six targets. Caught six of them for 91 yards. And the Cardinals... Just put the beat down on the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't know what's going on with Kyle Shanahan and this team. It looks like this Jimmy Garoppolo thing may not be working, even though he finished the game with 326 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. But 
you selected Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is ready to play, this begs the question, is it time to move on from Garoppolo? Now, I don't want to put this loss fully on Jimmy Garoppolo because, again, he didn't finish the game terribly. This wasn't He wasn't the reason they lost. It was more of a defensive effort is the reason that they lost and the fact that the 49ers just couldn't stop James Conner or even Eno Benjamin who finished nine carries for 39 yards and a touchdown and he absolutely ran over a San Francisco 49er defensive back on that touchdown run. It was really, really crazy to watch. But... Does Kyle Shannon want to get Trey Lance these valuable reps? I know the San Francisco 49ers aren't out of it quite yet, so maybe that's not going to happen until they're mathematically eliminated. But it still begs the question, when is Trey Lance going to see the field? I know a lot of people are thinking about it, and with the 49ers continually losing games in this fashion, and especially this one, I know the Cardinals are a good team, but no Kyler Murray, you you hardly compete in this game. I mean, 31-17 to doesn't look as bad as probably it really was. In San Francisco, they, they did solid, they had solid statistics, I guess you could say. George Kittle, eight catches, six for 101 yards and a touchdown. Brendan Ayuk, eight targets, six catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. But at the end of the day, the 49ers just got embarrassed at home by a team who had Colt McCoy as their quarterback. That's the reality of Kyle Shanahan's situation at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see what goes on there. Alrighty, everybody, this is Nick Filato with our brief synopsis of all these games. Also talking about the New York Giants. Please stay tuned to the Chris and Joe show because we're going to be breaking down this New York Giants win, 23-16 victory over the Raiders in a more extensive manner. This is Filato on football. Everybody, please have a lovely day.